0: This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work because business is personal.
1: Hello, More Than Workers. We've talked a lot in the past about how people think. We as humans think in terms of stories. Now, Here's the thing about stories and how we think it's because we have too much input in our lives to be able to think of things in terms of just facts and figures. So we put them into context by building stories around them. The problem with the stories that we create, as we've talked about before in past podcasts, is the stories we create aren't entirely true. That's the truth bond. They're not entirely true. A friend of mine on social media was posting about how she was really frustrated with her job. And she posted something really negative comment on social media about her employer, which side note, pro tip, that's a bad idea. Just pro tip. That's a bad idea. If you're working for a company, don't post your frustration on social media. You have a right to, but that doesn't mean that you're right in doing so. But she posted on there and immediately I noticed about 10 of her friends jumped on and said, boy, you are so right. You need to go find an employer that works better with you. You need that manager needs to take some management training or learn how to be a good leader or just all these people jumped in and they fed her story, which her story was that she had a bad employer now. I know a little bit more about that situation and have maybe a little different perspective as a consultant. We get to work inside those organizations where the employees are complaining like that. And I know that her story is not as simple as what she laid out on social media, nor could it be. She only laid out two or three sentences complaining about her job. But all these other folks jumped in to feed this story that put her into a position where now she believes that she is right and she believes that she is just and it adds to her story. And here's the, here's the punchline, is that may not be helping her. That may not be helping her to figure out what can she do next, because she can change her employer and she could change who she works for, but I guarantee you that some of it is due to her actions. So sometimes all of us, whether you're an employee, whether you're a manager, or whether you own a company, have stories that have been fed to you. They might be fed to you by people who are trying to help you. They might be fed to you by people who are not trying to help you. But whatever those stories are, sometimes people pile on to our own what we call narrative paradigms, those stories we have in our heads, and they may or may not be helping us. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So we are joined by our own Diana Royalty and Matt Griswold. We're missing Bethany Taft today. She's out on assignment. I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> Bethany Taff is out on assignment, working with a client right now. He's in the uh, chopper giving weather reports over to the city of Springfield right now. Going to check she's in live. She's in the
2: chopper out there visiting <laughs> in with the clients.
1: But uh, welcome our host Matt Griswold.
2: Hey everybody, uh, good to be back with you, Don. One of the things that I thought of, and especially you know with this topic, gosh, we've done one on narrative paradigms like you've talked about before. We we talk about the stories that we that we uh, tell. And if you've listened to us for a while, you're probably picking up on some themes that we might hold. If we said, here's some basic three to five foundational truths, you'll probably hear those things bleed into each of these different podcasts that, that we do. But as you were talking, you know, one of the statistics that we share, especially when we're helping organizations with onboarding, just made me think of this. 72% of people who are going to apply for a job with your organization will look online first, like at your website, or they'll talk to somebody who already works there to see what it's like to actually work there. That person is now basing their entire decision, whether or not to apply for a job with your company off of the feedback that they just received from your employee. Here's the caveat, you don't get to pick the employee that they talk to. You think they're going to have a much different takeaway or much different story or a much different stance on your organization, depending on who they talk to within your organization. Don, it's a, it's
1: a great example, because think about if you were thinking about going to work for a company, you're going to go work for Acme. You know, I'm using the Looney Tunes example. I'm going to go work for Acme and see what it's like. And so I go to Matt and my, Matt works at Acme or used to work at Acme or knows somebody who works at Acme. And I say, Matt, I'm thinking about going to get a job for Acme. And Matt says something like, oh, I wouldn't do that. Or if you, I've heard terrible things about them think about how much of an impact that has on you and how little information you just picked up. You don't know where Matt got that idea. You don't know if Matt just heard that from somebody else who said that, or if you heard that from somebody who heard that from somebody, who heard that from somebody. If Matt has direct experience with that, if Matt works for them as a a consultant and is trying to steer somebody away, which you wouldn't do that. It's that idea. It took very little information, but think about how powerful that story already is. If you think through that scenario, if you're the one receiving it, oh, I don't want to work for that company. Now, even if you go through with the interviews, you're looking for confirmation of Matt's story that they're not a very good company to work for. So, if I go to the front desk and the person at the front desk doesn't look up at me right away, it's like, oh, yeah, they don't care about their people. Or I talk to a manager during an interview and they ask a question of, you know, how much money do you need to make? Oh, they're only focused on the financials. Those stories then run. Uh, They run away and they may not be completely truthful. That's a great example. We have
2: these on we have these on a personal level and I've shared this before too. At my previous employer. I remember walking through long story short. I remember walking down this long hallway there was a lot of people that worked there. And in the atrium here as I was passing through the atrium of this large building. Well, there was a lady on the cell phone. I did not know the lady. I did not know her name but she was yelling at whoever it was on the other end of that cell phone. And I kept walking and I walked on by. So it's not, I just thought something is very heated in that moment. And then it, it, it made me think because after that interaction, I didn't even have an interaction. I had very little information like one was talking about. It could have been the worst day of her life, right? Could have been somebody, the very traumatic experience. I don't know. But every time I saw that lady's face, I just labeled her as the angry cell phone lady because lady, I still didn't know her name. Uh, I labeled her as the angry cell phone lady, you have a hard time managing your emotions, you can't keep keep yourself under control like those types, those types of things like that was how she came across to me The the impact of that is, okay, so what if I'm about to interview people to maybe become a trainer like uh, as I was there for for that previous role, and she walks into the room, is she automatically behind the eight ball so to speak, before she even sits down. She probably has failed. You have failed phase one of this interview process. Now you have to really overcome that. Here's the hard part about this. and Maybe we can talk about this, but those decisions, and, and, and maybe that was a fault of mine. I had automatically done that. Here's the other part of that. How often do we run into situations like this where angry cell phone lady or whoever that is has no idea? has no idea that that's the narrative and they have no idea the position that they are now in uh, that they now have to overcome. That's the detriment really, right?
1: You remind me of a story, Matt. We were going to go work with a brand new client and it was the, um, the, the owner of the company. And I hadn't had a chance to meet the owner before we really started working with them. You know, it was somebody else that worked with them and set it up. And I was going to go meet with them, but I had a friend of mine who worked within the company. And the friend of mine said, you know, oh, you're going to go meet with this person. That person is a jerk you're going to hate that. Like you got, you got your work cut out for you walking into this office. Like they are such a big jerk. And I went in and met this person and he reaches out his hand as he comes out from behind his desk. Like Don, it is so glad. I'm so glad to meet you. I'm so excited to get to meet with you and your company. And I just really want to help our team and grabs my hand with both hands and shakes the hand and everything. And I found myself looking at him with like this look of like, what's wrong with you? Why are you doing this right now? Are you trying to manipulate me? What's happening right (laughs) now? And we had like an hour and a half discussion about like his vision for the company and where he wanted to take it, how he wanted to engage his people and some of the challenges he's having. He was vulnerable. He was nice. He was uh, all these things. And I realized it took a good hour into the conversation. I was sitting back thinking like, maybe I'm getting a good read on this person. I've got a lot more data from this person sitting here. Than I got from this other person that I know. Like, and it doesn't, they don't fit together. These stories yeah. don't match. Like, he's not clearly a jerk. Maybe he makes some bad decisions from time to time or something, but there don't seem to be just this terrible jerk that I'm gonna have trouble working with. They seem actually quite easy to work with.
2: Yeah, but you did the grown-up thing though, by continuing the conversation or asking the next question. we've talked a lot about that too, you know. And 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 we can talk about okay, so why is it impossible for somebody that's listening to the podcast? Why is it impossible for them to say, no, 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 that's not me. I never judge a book by its cover. No, no. I wait until all of the cards are on the table. That is false. That is false. Why is this human nature? Like what drives us to create these stories? Or maybe what are some of the causes of us creating these stories in the first place? Where does that come from? Diana? Oh
0: my gosh. I am not. I'm ignoring your question because it reminded me of something else. But
2: <laughs> Perfect.
0: <laughs> but what I was going to say is, I just read an article about how reality is a concept and it is no, it's not real because everyone's reality is subjective yeah. and it's filtered through our lenses. And so the concept of reality is just that it's a concept, it's not real. Everyone's reality is different. And I am reminded of a time when I was at an impasse with a coworker. She believed something happened one way. I believed something happened another way. And we kept butting heads about this issue. And we sat down at a table and, and all we were there to do was to keep trying to change each other's mind about how it happened. And instead I stopped the meeting and I said, we are not going to change each other's concept of reality. You think that it happened this way. I think that it happened this way. We can't change the past in any case anyway. So let's move forward from a different place. I don't know that it was the right thing to say in the moment. I don't think it was super effective because we were both a little heated and I think it came off as more of a jerk comment. So I'm not recommending that. I'm just saying that like in that moment, I could tell that we were getting nowhere because my story was very much written and her story was very much written and to this day, I don't know whose story was real. I'm guessing it was probably a combination of the two of our stories put together, but I still have no idea whose story was really real in that moment.
2: But you and Bethany
1: are better now, right? <laughs> wow. Yeah, there's only four yeah. of us on the team and we say a coworker and she, uh-huh. I mean, it kind of narrows it down. This, this was
0: years ago it and it wasn't even here. Gosh, you guys are so <laughs> sus.
1: Don, what were we gonna add? I was just going to say, that's kind of scary. And that's probably scary for the listeners to think the idea that, well, what is the truth? Like what really happened? And to recognize that there might not be one. Like we none of us really have the corner on the total truth of exactly what's happened. I can't believe how many times I mean, we tell a lot of stories, right? When we're out working with clients and we share stories of things that have happened. There have been many times where I have shared a story multiple, multiple, multiple times about a client. And then I'll circle back to the person the story was about. And they'll hear me tell the story and they'll come out and say like, but I remember that completely differently. Yeah. And there was, there's usually nuggets of truth that were buried into it. And I'm not lying and trying to make up the story. It's just that the more and more we tell a story, the more it starts to evolve in our own brains. And what really helps it to evolve is this idea of when other people jump into it. That's, that's the problem is if we get, if we form the story alone and somebody else has a story and our stories conflict with each other, like Diana said, in that conversation, You have a chance to kind of both, you know, agree to disagree, so to speak, of say like, okay, well, you you saw it this way, I saw it this way, what's the common ground that we can find? But now if I jump in on one of them, and I start to jump in, I start to say, Diana was right on that story. I believe Diana. Then Diana, two things happen. First, the other person is going to shut down, because they're going to see that and say, okay, well, now I'm fighting you both. So I'm either going to shut down or I'm going to fight one of the two. And then second thing is going to happen is that now Diana starts to think that she's right when she may not be.
0: And that was actively happening. Like someone was telling this other person, someone was telling her, like, yes, you're right. You're doing it right. This is how that happened. And someone was telling me, like, yeah, you're right. That's how that happened. So we were just stuck in our own stories completely and totally.
2: I think that's a great point. And I think a lot of this comes from really a lack of communication, a lack of information. And I don't choose to take the next step. I just now, once I jump to a conclusion, I'm looking for things that support the conclusion that I've already made my mind up. So if we can foundationally say, this is something that we all do. If you are out there going, I don't do that, stop lying to yourself. If we can all say that this is something that we all do, now let's take the next step. And maybe this is, a, is not where we've touched on in previous podcasts about that. Let's take it to the next step and say, what are some things that we can do to at least try to proactively ensure that I'm not you know, fallen into that uh, feeding a story, or I'm not being fed a story at the same time. Like, what are some tangible things that somebody can do to try to avoid that storytelling time?
0: So I think something that I have learned to do, because I, I like to seek the reality and the truth. And I know that I'm clouded by judgment and my own thing is that I try to find people who believe the opposite of what I believe. I try to find those people and say like, Hey, from your perspective, what happened here? Or when you were in that meeting, what did you see? And I really, I'm not seeking for them to change my mind because my reality isn't going to change, but I am seeking for them to give me their perspective. And if I can listen to that and hear that and gain insights from it, whether or not I change my mind, I think that's a valuable thing to seek out.
1: That sounds really obvious when you say that, Diana, but isn't that kind of hard to do? Like, if you think about super it, like, I want to do. work with people that disagree with me. I enjoy getting challenged.
0: Yeah, it's super hard. Honestly, like, it's taken many years, and we have a very tight team. But but I go to Matt when I'm like, okay, I think totally opposite from you most of the time. Like, what did you see in that? Or how are you thinking through that? And, I think and you said had- it
2: well there, because I've been known to call Diana and be like, okay, I'm about to get real pissed about something and help me understand, am I looking at this correctly or not? Like, I'm about to be real frustrated. This is what I see. Help me understand this. You know, I think if we're being candid, those are more like the conversations that we also have.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But we do seek it out from each other because we know that each of us thinks very, very differently and sees things from totally different lenses. And so we've built the trust that we can like go to each other and do that but it did take many years.
2: I think a lot of that is trust, right? This story that you used earlier talking about, you know what, those are the words I said, but I was pretty emotional. I was pretty frustrated about it. My whole point of even sitting down with that other person was to convince them to look at it from my point of view. It was not the approach of, okay, I'm probably missing something. Please help me understand what I'm missing. Not because I want to be right or I want you to be right, but I want us to be better. That was poetic. Did you guys write? Nobody was writing anything down, but I think that was really good, what I just said. I didn't even play. What was that? I'm sorry. I was phased a
1: out. You Thank, say? You.
0: Thank you for taking my words and rewording them.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you would have said that, like, we would have, this podcast would have been over 10 minutes. <laughs> We're going to you know, do mansplaining brilliant. on our next episode. Of, <laughs> 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 More than word podcast. I can't wait. So, what Diane is really so saying good. is wait for that. Bethany. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm so, we, we, my head. oh, look at that. We have a caller. We have a caller here on the line. <laughs> we have a caller. We have a caller. That <laughs> There's Bethany is joining us from the field out there. Bethany, what's it like out there in the field?
0: Well, pretty sunny and, you know, discontentment lives on at work for some.
2: <laughs> That's right. Changing <laughs> lives, one organization at a time. That's what we're doing right there. Changing lives. It's uh, At least it's sunny. It is, ni- it is a nice day uh, here today. So we, we continue to talk about these stories. We were just giving tips on, okay, so what are some of the ways that I can get, maybe maybe do my best to try to make sure I'm not being fed a story and feeding a story. I have an example of something that, that I do appreciate, an organization that we work with. I won't say who or where, an organization that we work with. Somebody has reached out recently and said, listen, can these are the things that I have heard. Can you tell me if this is true? Have you heard this? And I said, yes, that is true. In fact, I, uh, you know, this is something that we've been saying for a while. And this person was upset because they were getting their information from one person and they were getting that person's version of that story. The hard part about that is they were, their job is also to help the organization make the best decisions that they, that they feel like will help them move in the best possible direction. And if you're getting one person's story and that version of the story, it makes it real hard to make the best decision. You don't even know if you are. And so I appreciate this person going, Hey, I'm making a few phone calls now. I want to ask other people's perspectives. Uh, I want to hear what's going on. So I know, you know, whenever it comes time to make a decision, I want to have as much information at my disposal as possible
1: to help make the right decision. Yeah, that goes back to Diana's point about trying to seek out more information just to see and seek seek out people that might or are be are willing to be disagreeable to you and say things that you yeah. may find difficult to hear because that's what you are trying to do. It's what you should want to try to surround yourself with. That's not easy to do, especially if you're not used to doing it, but, but you should seek that out. I also like Matt in that example too, of there's the role of the other person. And I want to focus on that too, because I think that gets lost a lot is the role of the, the story pusher, who is, who's pushing the story that's being told and who's uh, it's, it's the person on the side who told, gave him that information. It's the person on the side who gave them that information.
2: That's right. That's right. They're gaining the information from the person on the side. On the side, they're gaining their information from maybe not reliable sources. You know, one of the things I always like to tell people, and we run into this, doesn't matter the organization, there's always people like this that will come up, they'll come right up next to us. And they're like, hey, you're about to work with that group, Don, kind of like what you were talking about. You're about to work with that group. This is what I hear. Everybody, I feel like I'm doing you a service. Everybody that works in that department or that group, they always tell me these things. And our first question is, why are they so comfortable telling you all of those things? And you might be that person at your company. I don't care if you're a boss or a frontline employee or whatever that looks like. I don't know that you want to be the person all the time that everyone is super comfortable coming to you to complain about everything.
1: I I read a story, an article from a psychology publication that talked about that phenomenon. It talked about why do people want to do that? Why do people want to respond on social media to feed other people's stories? Whatever you put on there. I hate my boss is a jerk at work. Yeah, they probably are. You should quit that job as soon as they, and just jump onto it. And there's actually some psychology behind it. When you do that, you feel like you're helping somebody because they feel like you're helping them because you're feeding their story. If there's a, there's a, there's an endorphin push in your brain that happens whenever you feel like you've helped somebody, whether you've helped them or not. And that's what happens there is you can say, oh, I'm helping you. I'm protecting you from this boss that you're not gonna like, or that coworker that's really a jerk. You're not gonna like them at all. I'm protecting you from that. They seem appreciative of that. You feel like you're helping. And then it's like, I'm just, I am just wanna help everybody out. And some of the biggest instigators that we see inside companies, and yes, I just called it an instigator, is the person who mixes it up internally is also the person who feels like they're helping the most people. They're the ones that are inside the company. They're like, I, everybody comes to me with their problems and I'm mm-hmm. always helpful. I'm so helpful. My door is always open. Come to me with your problems and I'll tell you, I'll give you my advice readily. That is a person oftentimes just feeding stories and it creates such toxicity inside organizations because it doesn't allow people to see the truths of what is it that I can do differently versus what the other people can do. You can only control yourself, right? So if Matt and I aren't getting along for something, I can complain all day about what Matt does. And if Diana and Bethany keep feeding my story and sharing stories, and they have those stories about how Matt is terrible to work with and his ego takes over and everybody thinks he's the best speaker of all of us in public events and all those kinds of things uh, that are big struggles.
2: Let's, let's try to use not a real work example, Don.
1: Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I should use a fictitious <laughs> example. Um, I'm going to focus on, I'm going to be waiting for Matt to change and Matt's not going <laughs> to yeah. change because Matt's not part of that story. What I need to do is change. How do I interact with Matt? What am I doing to communicate differently? Is he just not aware that I have spoke at a thousand times more speaking engagements that people really do like me a lot uh, when I'm out there in public and that maybe they just haven't seen us both together? Is that the stuff he's not aware of? Of course, I'm. if you can pick it up as the audience, are picking up an inside, inside joke. We had a client recently <laughs> who told us that uh, Matt was the A-team in terms of speakers. It was the best speaker from our team. And so, yeah. We're not, I'm not taking it personally at all, but you know, that's, it's just another example of how stories to get fed. And, uh, all
2: right. So these, but these are some tangible, these are some tangible tips though, too. Like there has to be a relationship, do your best to try to build that relationship, try to build that trust first so that we can actually then have a, have a conversation. I think what you're doing also by building that trust, you're trying to find common ground, trying to find common ground, or at least a starting point where, where where's the truth. Like Where are we both holding hands to the line of truth? And at what point do we not hold hands anymore? We are now viewing this differently. I think we have to back it up maybe to that point to kind of gain a mutual understanding. So uh, ask the next question. We talked about that, trying to build a relationship and then ask the next question. Maybe with people of differing opinions. Diana gave that, that tip there. I thought that was a good tip. Let's maybe gather one more tip uh, here from each of us or what we want to leave with this. I know that we've been going for, for a little while. I think we've circled the wagons on this topic now pretty, pretty well, if we could say, okay, so we recognize these, the storytelling happens. I recognize I'm there. We've given some tangible tips. Maybe what's one takeaway that you would have from this as we seek to land the podcast here on this idea.
0: I'm going to add, that people need to go to the source of the information or the relevant parties, right? There's so many of these stories that are retold or reimagined or hearsay. And I think it's really important that people ignore the the bits of the story that aren't from the actual source and make sure that you are hearing how it happened and what happened in the words of the people who were actually there.
2: Great.
1: Thanks, Diana. Don? I think that it's really important. And I'm really talking to those of you, not just those of you who maybe have a story that you need to change and a truth maybe that you need to explore, but I'm gonna to talk to the people that are feeding other people's stories. I think you need to take a step back and think about what kind of team do you want to be on? What, do you, what kind of relationship do you wanna have with your coworkers? Are you really helping the person by feeding that negative story? And why do you get involved with it? I think if you're more self-aware of that, if you're the person that likes to jump into the drama, and feed the drama and ask more questions. You're not helping the drama most of the time. You're not helping with that. So I think about really, how is that impacting your relationship? How's that impacting how other people look at you? Because trust me, other people recognize that too. Ultimately, and it erodes trust over time. So think about a bigger picture, what you're trying to accomplish with your team and your relationships.
2: Yeah, Don, I think that's a great, a great tip too. I think if I were to add one, I would say take a step back and take a breath. Recognize our instinct is is to have some sort of an emotional reaction to whatever information that we just had like our instinct is to to react emotionally take a step back take a breath and then maybe try to seek to understand i think if we are seeking to understand before we do that then we're I don't want to use Diana. I don't want to use Diana as a verb there. Then we're going to Diana the whole thing and have an emotional conversation. And I said the right words, but the emotion probably wasn't there. That's what, you know, I'm sorry. I don't want to put put words in your mouth, but you had said that, right? Like I said those words, but my emotion probably wasn't in check at the time. So I'm sure that the message didn't come across and I don't want to do that, right? So I want to, I do want to take the step that Diana did, but maybe take a breath, take a step, maybe sleep on it. And then start to ask the next question um, after that. Try to resist the emotional reaction. So we hope you took something from this. You know, our goal all the time, I think everybody agrees, our goal all the time is to be able to talk about real life examples, but then give you a a super tangible step to be able to do something about whatever the topic is. It's something super tangible, even if it's just one step that you can take away from this. If you have other topics, we'd always like to hear from you and uh, we hope you enjoyed the topic. We'll talk to you next time.
0: Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time, and in the meantime, lead well.